You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode of Press This, we're going to be covering our monthly segment, Word Around the Campfire, where we bring you news updates from across the WordPress community, everything that's going on, all the kind of happenings with WordPress core, and things uh, occurring that are of note in the community. And joining me today for this episode is uh, often host of Press This and and also often co-host, Mr. Stephen Word. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. Hello, everyone. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks everybody for for tuning into this episode. We got a bunch of really exciting stuff happening in the WordPress community. Um, November and December uh, and October have been or will have been and will be huge months in WordPress. Um, for those of you that have been paying attention, of course, one of the the biggest pieces of news coming up will occur on November nineteenth with the release of the Gutenberg editor in WordPress core as part of version 5.0. We're going to definitely be talking about uh, that on today's episode um, and all the cool stuff kind of happening around that. Um, wanted to start with some of the updates uh, kind of from around the community. I actually just returned from London um, as part of a uh, company conference for WP Engine and uh, it was really interesting getting in to hang out with uh, some people in the community there, people from uh, the plugin Elementor. They came in from Israel. Uh, also got to spend some time with Gary Jones, which you've been listening to press this. You might have heard his episode a few episodes ago uh, covering some of the background around the Genesis community as well as another Genesis community contributor, a woman named Joanne Waltham. 
Um, so it was fun to get to hang out in person. Those of us that get to frequent these events uh, get the opportunity of kind of that face-to-face time. Um, Joanne's also kind of cool because she runs a podcast called the Genesis UK podcast, reaching people in the Genesis UK community. But I think you know the reason I kind of wanted to bring this up was you know as we were there hanging out in London. Um, there was kind of this moment in need in the community where there was someone that needed the community's help. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but rather to say it was just really inspiring to watch Gary and Joanne and others in the community kind of rally behind this person um, to see what they could do to help and doing all of this while at a conference. I think it's just kind of a reminder for me that this isn't just about networking and finding business opportunities. It's not just about learning things to help in our business. It's also about looking for opportunities to kind of help each other. Um, Stephen, I know you're kind of a uh, uh, an old school WordCamp alum. Uh, do you have any stories like that? Any times you were at WordCamp and you just saw somebody uh, really go out of their way to help somebody else? Ooh, uh, being put on the spot, it's a little hard to think of specifics. Um, but I will say that you know one of the things that kind of surprised me uh, years ago and still surprises me today um, is the sense of community. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of other types of conferences, and I, I don't know that I've ever felt uh, the inclusion and the welcomeness that you get at a WordCamp. Uh, they really are, uh, you know, they're approachable events uh, from a cost perspective, um, assuming you can work out your travel. Um, and everybody's always generally very helpful and very friendly. Um, once again, hard to come up with something that is just uh, off top of mind, but I absolutely can say that I've seen it numerous times. Well, and that's actually a great lead in to our kind of next news item here. And you talked about how accessible the cost of WordCamps are. We're going to actually talk about WordCamp US here in a minute as well. But uh, as you as you pointed out, it's not just the forty dollar ticket that's the cost of attending a WordCamp. There's also some travel cost involved. Um, of course, most big cities will have a local WordCamp, so you don't have to feel obligated to travel. But obviously, there's kind of this uh, this need and interest for people around the community to want to attend these things, but they don't always have the resources to accommodate that. And uh, one interesting piece of, of news that came out this week was there's a gentleman named Marcel Bootsman. And uh, Marcel has kind of this interesting way of raising money for an organization called uh, Donate WC. And that really stands for Donate WordCamp. And the purpose of the organization is to help provide funding so that people who would like to travel, participate, and contribute at WordCamps are able to do so. Um, if you're if you're looking for kind of a, a neat way maybe to give a gift this holiday season, that might be an interesting nonprofit to do that with. But uh, Marcel has an interesting take on this. He's actually going to be walking to WordCamp US in Nashville. This will be a 495-mile walk for Marcel to raise awareness for uh, Donate WC. And I thought this was a really clever way um, to draw attention to Donate WC and to raise money in the process. Um, Stephen, have you run across Marcel in your travels? Um, actually, I've not met him personally, uh, but I did catch wind of this uh, of this initiative, and I think it's extremely uh, extremely cool. Uh, you know, from what I understand, uh, you know, they're looking for uh, people that don't have the financial means, maybe don't have a corporate sponsor or something, um, to make sure that they can get uh, you know a quote unquote bigger WordCamp, uh, such as the U.S. or something. Uh, I believe they get a ticket, uh, transportation cost, accommodation, food. Um, you know, internet access, all the good stuff you need uh, just to get going. And I think, you know, that's that's so great to see. Uh, I really like seeing the community rally behind that idea. I would have personally listed internet access higher up in my hierarchy of once on that list. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely near the top of the pyramid. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, but that's really cool what Marcel's up to. If you'd like to check out uh, an interview with Marcel, 
If you go to torquemag.io and search for Marcel Bootsman, there's an article there and a video interview about uh, Marcel's 495-mile walk. Uh, I think I complain when I park at the back of a parking lot, so I'm going to have to walk all the way up to the front. So it's really cool to see Marcel uh, doing this for the community. So that's fun stuff. Um, now, worrying us back to WordCamp US, and, and for those of you unfamiliar with the WordCamp structure, each major city will have its WordCamp uh, once a year for the most part. And then uh, there are essentially um, WordCamp US and WordCamp Europe with talks of WordCamp Asia and things like that. But in today's world, it's mainly WordCamp US and WordCamp Europe is the air quote, big WordCamps. Now, WordCamp US is occurring in Nashville on December 7th through the 9th. Matter of fact, if you're planning to attend, uh, drop me a tweet. I'd love to say hello while I'm there. Uh, my Twitter handle is at WPDavidV. Um, and it's really, really exciting stuff. Um, WordCamps have really been evolving for those, again, unfamiliar with it. Prior to this, uh, WordCamp San Francisco was kind of the de facto, you know, big WordCamp. And then um, starting, I want to say, four or five years ago, they had decided to uh, have kind of the um, continent-based uh, WordCamps with WordCamp US first occurring in Philadelphia. And uh, I went to the first one in Philadelphia there. I think, Stephen, you were there as well. I was, yep. Awesome. So it was a really cool time. But it's really been interesting to see it evolve. Um, now, I know timing might be tight if you're thinking about maybe maybe just now coming to WordCamp US in Nashville, but it is really exciting time. Um, we've seen a lot of big brands have a present at WordCamps that we didn't see before. Uh, Google, in particular, has been heavily investing in WordPress. They have a beta version of an AMP plugin, by the way, if you're looking for ways to win with AMP. Um, super cool stuff. And uh, they have other things kind of in development that I think are going to be super cool and helpful for the ecosystem. Um, but they have uh, now have a big presence at WordCamp. I think that's super cool. Another thing that happens around WordCamp US and really all WordCamps is um, Contributor Day. Now, WordCamp US, um, of course, being the air quote big WordCamp, um, has a very special Contributor Day where a lot more topics are discussed. Things are getting uh, in much deeper level of detail. Um, Stephen, I know that you've been a uh, community day sponsor in the past, organizer in the past, and obviously have participated in a lot of contributor days. Could you help people understand kind of what goes on at contributor day and what, what they might expect from WordCamp US? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I believe uh, last WordCamp US, uh, about 25% of the people uh, or attendees of the main event actually showed up to the contributor day, uh, putting in around 500 people. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, is kind of unique to WordPress, maybe not as uh, unique as it used to be, uh, but most people, uh, most of these teams that work on the open source project, uh, you know, are completely distributed. Uh, you can work with somebody for a couple years um, and actually have never had FaceTime. Um, so the way it works uh, is anybody who wants to jump in and help uh, work not only uh, on the core software itself, but also things like marketing initiatives, translations, um, a lot of ways to contribute. Uh, but it's broken into about 10 to 15 teams or so. Uh, and generally the team will uh, kind of have an ambassador that acts as a, as a group lead. Um, and you guys will just sit around uh, and basically get as much work done as you can. Uh, anybody uh, is welcome, skill level, uh, you know, uh, high technical proficiency is not a requirement. Um, but it's just a way to, to basically 
get around a table with uh, get some FaceTime with the people in the community that you interact with uh, on a regular basis. You know, and it's funny you said high technical proficiency is not a requirement. And I think I'd like to expand on that and illustrate that you actually do not have to be a developer to participate in Contributor Day. Um, there are lots of working sessions in the marketing subgroup. I remember in WordCamp in Paris, I sat in a working session that was around organization of WordPress meetups. And that was an area that I had had some experience in running Austin's largest online marketing meetup. Um, so I was able to participate in that and contribute in ways that maybe I couldn't as, say, part of a PHP versioning subgroup or something like that where my expertise um, isn't deep and applicable. And so I'd say if you're looking to contribute, uh, you can do so even without being a developer. Um, I think the other uh, misconception about Contributor Day is that you actually have to be a registered WordPress contributor. Uh, contributor Day is actually open to anyone, whether you've contributed code to WordPress core or not, whether you've contributed anything to WordPress core. Um, so don't feel like you're boxed out from attending Contributor Day. And again, WordCamp US is the big one, uh, along with WordCamp Europe, where a lot of the decisions are made uh, about the future of WordPress. So if you want your voice heard, there's a lot of ways to do that with Slack, WordPress org, so on and so forth. But Contributor Day is a really acute place you can have that kind of influence and help improve and shape the future of WordPress. Uh, just one little thing to add on the end there. Um, if you've never attended Contributor Day before, uh, at WordCamp US, they definitely will have workshops uh, to onboard you through the process. So uh, you know, if you're new to it, don't worry about that. Uh, please come and help out anyway. Uh, more hands, the better. There we go. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we return. We're going to talk about some really cool product updates in the ecosystem around Gutenberg. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. 
Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our Word Around the Campfire episode, bringing you news from around the WordPress community, information you need to stay up to date with the current happenings of WordPress and the evolution of that technology and how it might influence the sites you're building. Right before the break, we did a bit of a rundown on WordCamp US, what you can expect, how to kind of engage with Contributor Day. Now I want to kind of shift gears and talk a little bit more about Gutenberg. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned that the release date is November 19th. Um, now, there's been a lot of discussion in the community around, is that date really going to be the date? Is there something that's going to push it off? Um, and from everything that I can tell, uh, and Stephen, I know that you lead a team here at WP Engine around contributing to WordPress course. Obviously, you have the finger on the pulse of the Gutenberg release. Um, but from everything we've seen, November 19th is the date that Gutenberg will be released. There's a very high degree of confidence that it's November 19th. Is that correct, Stephen? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, so, you know, um, the dates have shifted a little bit in the past, uh, but community sentiment, as, a, as it appears to me right now, is that it will meet target uh, November 19th. Uh, now, there's a couple steps in between that process, uh, between like a beta um, and then something called a release candidate will come out. And those dates uh, have shifted a little bit in the middle, um, but I still believe that November 19th is uh, what you should be anticipating. Now, of course, we all know, uh, or at least anyone that's ever released software or website knows, it's not going to be uh, full, full, uh, com fully complete on launch date. And so obviously, if there are areas for improvement, um, the team will basically it, uh, address those in iterative releases after version 5.0. Uh, but I got to say, from my testing, from the things I've seen people build with Gutenberg, um, it feels like the uh, the release we'll have with version 5.0 will be very strong, um, and I, I personally feel that people should have a high degree of confidence um, to be able to build with Gutenberg kind of starting even in that first iteration on November 19th. Now, of course, there'll be additional features added later, um, and of course, they won't be perfect on day one. Um, but again, the November 19th is very strong. If something were to push it, though, um, it would essentially be pushed until essentially January. So that's still a possibility. Um, but if uh, what I'm personally recommending is that you do plan on it being November 19th. Now, the other interesting thing about this release um, is really kind of the breadth of those leading the release. Um, in a normal WordPress release, there's like one release lead and maybe a sub-release lead. Is that right, Stephen? Yeah, sometimes co-leads are present, sometimes not. But yeah, it's usually uh, about four or five people um, running the show with definitely someone at the at the top there holding the reins. So um, we know, of course, that the, the lead developer of Gutenberg is a gentleman named Matthias of Automatic. But as far as the Gutenberg release into WordPress 5.0, it's really a much broader effort than it's been in the past, which I'm actually a huge fan of. Um, and matter of fact, Stephen, I know that Anthony Burchell and your team is one of the 11 people in the world helping to bring the Gutenberg editor into version 5.0. So in the past, where you might have like a release lead and maybe a co-release lead with Gutenberg, it's actually much broader than that. So there's 11 people from across the community. I think so there's some key advantages to that. 
one, there's certainly consensus from the community uh, or greater consensus in terms of, you know, what problems should be addressed and how they should be addressed. In other words, it's not just one person making those decisions. Um, but secondly, it allows for much greater coverage because obviously Gutenberg is affecting a lot of things. So instead of just having one person be the kind of choke point for all those issues, um, not that that one person in the past would have acted completely independently, but having them just be the only person responsible, um, splitting this up over 11 people, um, really, I think, is not just, again, a positive community sentiment, but I think is actually good for the release considering its complexity. Stephen, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I see is that, you know, it's almost impossible to be uh, an expert at every uh, every part of the project. Um, so in this one, what I see is they took, you know, the top talent from each of uh, what WordPress calls components. Uh, you could think of these being things like media or specifically the editor, um, just different focus areas. Um, but that really provides a well-rounded perspective and makes sure that all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. Um, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of horsepower behind this release. Yep, I agree. Um, and, and really excited to see that organizational structure. I thought it was very forward looking of, of Matt to do that and, and just everyone involved with Gutenberg. So I'm really excited of this. I know there's been a lot of apprehension in the community and beyond around the Gutenberg editor. I think, you know, as we've tested, I know we've probably said this on this podcast a thousand times, and we're going to keep doing this until Gutenberg's released just to make sure you're prepared. But, you know, as far as backwards compatibility goes, Gutenberg's, I, and I, from what I've seen, is doing an excellent job. So I don't think that there'll be a ton of breaking changes in the community. So I think the fear around that should probably be abated for most people. Um, I think having the 11 people be part of the release is also helpful for that because, again, it's kind of that, that shared load um, to help make sure that we're addressing the things that are important. Um, but to reiterate your strategy as you think about the Gutenberg release on November 19th, um, there's kind of three ways that we're recommending to approach it. The first, if you're not ready at all, if you're not ready to test, and by the way, of course, you should be testing now with the newest beta version of WordPress um, that's available at WordPress.org. But if, you, if you're unable to test, if you're not ready for Gutenberg, another thing I've heard is like you're an agency and your customers aren't ready to start using Gutenberg, you're not ready to train them on how to use it. Um, you don't have to adopt it on day one. There's a plugin called the Classic Editor plugin that essentially turns off the Gutenberg editor experience and makes, Guten, uh, makes WordPress essentially use the old editor we're all used to. Um, so don't feel like pressured to start using it on day one. You don't have to do that. The Gutenberg, uh, I'm sorry, the Classic Editor plugin is a great way to deal with that. Another cool way to deal with that is really to start selectively using uh, Gutenberg on certain types of posts or certain types of pages. As a matter of fact, for WP Engine, this is exactly what we're doing on our WordPress properties. Um, we manage, I think it's like 10 or 11 different WordPress properties. We are not changing every single one to start working with Gutenberg on day one. There's certain types of pages, there's certain types of posts where it makes sense for us to do it on day one. And there's other types of posts, other types of pages we're not ready to start adopting yet. And so in order to do that, you can use essentially the Classic Editor plugin, which of course, as we talked about, turns off Gutenberg, but there's another plugin called the Gutenberg Ramp plugin that will allow you to selectively choose which posts and pages to start using Gutenberg on. That plugin is made by Automatic, um, and we have confirmed that they have committed to help maintain that plugin. So again, high degree of confidence in that based on who made it and their commitment to maintain it. So again, this is a really good option for trying to understand 
um, when you'll selectively perhaps start using Gutenberg. And then the final recommendation, of course, is just start using it in the sites that you're building or possibly start using it in the sites that you've already built. Um, and I think fundamentally for me, that's the correct choice long term, because, again, Gutenberg is the future of WordPress. And so the more you anchor your technology, the more you anchor your sites and kind of the old way of doing things, the harder time you'll have in the future. Um, Stephen, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, change is hard. Um, this is one of the bigger changes that we've seen, especially from a content creator standpoint uh, and, you know, well over a decade. Um, one thing that I would like to make a strong recommendation for is, uh, well, first off, I do absolutely agree that being uh, forward thinking and adopting Gutenberg as quickly as possible uh, is probably in everyone's best interest. Uh, product direction will head that way. Um, I don't see, uh, you know, new innovative things uh, existing in the in the old space or the legacy space as much. Um, the new cool stuff will be coming to Gutenberg. Um, one thing that you know is maybe not made completely clear. Uh, is, you know, if all I want to do is uh, stay with the version of the editor that I want, uh, why don't I just stick with WordPress 4.9? Um, that's a fair question, uh, but I really want to stress that, um, you know, Gutenberg isn't the only thing that happens in a release or in the upcoming release. Uh, there's also various areas of the project that have been updated, improved, uh, bugs worked out, enhanced, etc. So regardless of uh, whether your team, uh, whether you were ready to do Gutenberg or not, update to 5.0 anyway. Uh, really, really make an effort to, to become familiar with the new editor, but if for you know some of those valid reasons you cannot do it, um, just make sure you upgrade to 5.0 and install the classic editor, um, but go to 5.0 either way. Yeah, that's a good point. I know a lot of times on this show we'll make recommendations and say, well, this is an option that you can try. To me, upgrading to 5.0 is not an option. If you need to use the old editor, upgrade to 5.0, use the classic editor plugin to keep doing that, but don't anchor yourself, anchor yourself in an old version of WordPress. There's security concerns, there's compatibility concerns. Um, it's it's a big deal. So definitely, definitely, this is one of those ones where I'm not really going to uh, suggest it as an option, but more perhaps as a have to. Uh, obviously, you're going to make your own choices, but um, do my opinion, you should do the right thing for your site and upgrade to 5.0. Um, well, as you pointed out, Stephen, there's a lot of uh, plugins and solutions in the ecosystem that are making cool stuff for Gutenberg, which is a great reason to keep uh, upgrading your version of WordPress. And so when we get back, we're going to dive into those. So hang tight, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. 
now. Your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're doing our Word Around the Campfire episode with the latest news items from the WordPress community. Right before the break, we were talking all about the Gutenberg release and rollout strategy. You're going to hear us mention that again and again until Gutenberg is out the door, um, just to make sure you're prepared for that. Uh, but wanted to dive in a little bit to the products in the ecosystem that are being uh, created and updated to work with Gutenberg. And I'll start with a news item that was released, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago now, and that was another acquisition by WP Engine of the Array Incorporated or Array Themes product line. This included all of the themes from Array Themes, but even more interesting, and this was uh, also uh, included uh, Mike McAllister, uh, that many of you are familiar with, joining the WP Engine team in the Studio Press efforts. Um, but it also included the plugin Atomic Blocks. Now, Atomic Blocks has been really big in the Gutenberg world. I think it ranks number two for Gutenberg uh, on the WordPress.org plugin search um, right after the Gutenberg plugin itself. So it's maybe a little hard to outrank that. Um, but despite its good rankings, really received a lot of rave reviews from the community. Um, and for those of you unfamiliar with what Atomic Blocks is, is it basically a library of premium blocks. So Gutenberg comes with blocks that you use to build your site with, and then the Atomic Blocks plugin is essentially a library of premium blocks that you can use on top of Gutenberg to make it even easier to create experiences. And um, you know, being a WP Engine and participating in that was super cool stuff. But Stephen, I'm just curious. Like, what's what's your opinion? Do we are we going to see more of these things? More block libraries? Um, are blocks the new plugins? Um, is every every plugin that's dealing with the front end going to start making a bunch of blocks? Like, what, what should we expect to see from the ecosystem? What is what is array blocks array array blocks? I'm sorry, atomic blocks foreshadowing for the future of WordPress? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things are really obvious to me. Uh, one is that that. Blocks are basically the the new building blocks for WordPress. Um, this notion of uh, widgets, uh, especially as it relates to sidebars and other placeholders on the page, um, will start becoming uh, replaced by blocks. Uh, the content, uh, what I refer to as the river or the main content body, um, is already going to happen with Gutenberg, and we're going to see more and more of this. Um, and it's not just about the design side of it. Um, there's this notion of reusability with blocks. Um, so after you set it up and configure it, um, you can actually uh, carbon copy it and reuse it elsewhere. It's uh, 
a lot more powerful than uh, you know the existing uh, widget system, which is kind of archaic at this point. Yeah, I think that's a really good observation, and I think you know, as long, I know everyone fears change, right? Every time fa Facebook updates their news feed, every time Snapchat changes their interface, there's this kind of reaction, visceral reaction from the community. And I, I get that. I understand. You're used to doing things a certain way, and those things change. But as you pointed out, kind of the current way of using widgets um, when creating content, when creating pages is a bit archaic and doesn't really align with the modern page building experiences. I think the other cool thing about Gutenberg is really its openness, the open API, the ability to create your custom blocks. So it's really not like you're over at Squarespace dragging the latest social media uh, thingy onto your page, but rather you have the capability through, as a developer, through your agency, through your in-house team, to really do custom and cool stuff um, that really increases the power and kind of modernization of WordPress. I'm actually super excited about it. Another thing that's come up a lot in the ecosystem is advanced custom fields. Man, I've heard this about a you know ten dozen times. Will ACF work with Gutenberg? Stephen, is it going to work with Gutenberg? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you know there's a lot of apprehension, wondering what the answer to that question was going to be. Uh, but yep, the team has made the plugin uh, fully compatible, which means all your meta will be present. Uh, so rest assured, um, you're in good shape. If you're a if you're current user of ACF, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, the new update looks really, really cool. I haven't personally tested it, but I know people who have. It gave it rave reviews, people I trust. Um, if you'd like to read more about what Advanced Custom Fields is up to, if you go to torquemag.io and search for Advanced Custom Fields or ACF and Gutenberg, um, you'll see the article pop right up there. Um, you can kind of get up to date on what ACF is up to. But I, I got to say, based on what I see, I, I think they've really answered the call. I, I could see them either kind of backing away or not doing much with it even, um, kind of using it at this moment to maybe even give up a little. But but it seems like they've they've doubled down and really embraced it. So I think if you're an ACF user, um, you know, and you've been kind of apprehensive about what this is going to mean, what Gutenberg is going to mean for advanced custom fields, um, I think you probably rest a little easy right now. Um, and of course, you have a lot of optionality for still using ACF and kind of the kind of older model. Um, so again, don't feel like your, your hand is forced. Um, and, you know, and to kind of bring out some more of the uh, kind of products news, there's products really across the ecosystem from plugins to themes that are adding Gutenberg capabilities into their uh, solution. So check that out with your favorite plugins and themes to see if they've added that on the WP Engine Studio Press side. Um, we're updating themes to include editor styles for the back end, new Gutenberg blocks, and there's, again, people from across the ecosystem. So if you have a favorite tool, uh, do a little research, see what they're going to do in the Gutenberg context. Well, that's it. We're at time. So I wanted to thank everyone for listening today. Again, this has been the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.